So I'm going to read from John chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. Here's what John writes. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to, the, to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. But the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Good evening. Welcome. Uh, let me add my welcome to Sam's. My name is Dave. I'm another of the leaders here at this church. It is great to have you with us here this evening as we're surrounded by twinkling lights, uh, colourful Christmas trees, beautiful singing. Thank you, everybody. Let me ask you a question, though. And I'm hoping this won't be a question that starts a Christmas feud. When, when is it officially time to start the Christmas decorating? Quick show of hands, who is team deck the halls early? Some people are admitting to this. <laughs> and who staunchly believes that December the 1st is the true starting line? Ah, I think we've got a definite opinion in this room. We see, whether you're a festive trailblazer or a December traditionalist, I want to focus in on just one decoration that you may have in your home. We have the school's one here, the nativity scene. Can you picture it? And for those who have one at home, I wonder how it looks. Is it a small one? Is it tucked away? Perhaps overshadowed by the glitter, the tinsel, the lights? Or is it one of those, you know, artistic ones, uh, faceless? carrying a sense of distance, a vague representation of a distant story. Or maybe, maybe you just don't have one at all. Perhaps it hasn't crossed your mind. Maybe you question the truthfulness of the story that it represents. Well, tonight we're hearing the words of a man named John. John is the author of the gospel that we had read a moment ago. 
And in particular, as Sam said, we're going to focus in on one verse of his. It's on your sheet, if you want to have a look. Uh, Look down uh, to the bottom, the little number 14, if you can see it. John chapter 1, verse 14, which says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. See, this verse, John 1, 14, encapsulates the heart of the Christmas story. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory. What is John talking about? How does it affect us here in Hemel Hempstead this evening? Well, firstly, John wants us to see the Word. Perhaps you've been around churches at Christmas time and wondered, why do Christians make such a big deal of Christmas? And maybe you've been through school plays, uh, attended carol services with children, grandchildren, family, friends. It could be really easy to, to look at the baby Jesus there in the manger and see, well, just a small child and that's it. Just a small character in the sea of other more important things that take center stage at Christmas. Well, John here starts his Christmas story in a different place than we might expect. Our carol service started with a traditional reading. But John takes us to a different place. He challenges us by saying, what if I told you that this baby is not just a baby, but is the creator, the creator of all things? The word, as John refers to, the architect of the universe, the one who was there since the beginning. See, according to John... This baby is more than just a tiny, adorable figurine. John claims that this baby is the Word. Let's just unpack that together. When John refers to the Word, he's talking about the creator of all things, the architect of the universe. You can see that from the very start of our reading this evening. John said this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Can you see what John is saying there? The one that he is speaking about has been there since the beginning. In fact, further than that, he was there before the beginning even began. In the beginning was the Word. And everything was made through him. There was nothing made without him. And in him was life. All life comes from him. He is God himself. See, when we look at this baby in the manger, we can miss the bigger story. John wants to expand it for us tonight. And when you really get your head around it, it's absolutely massive. This is not a story that is small, 
to be put in a corner, to be overshadowed by lights and tinsel. No, this story, John tells us, outshines everything because it's about the craftsman behind everything. It is not a story to be put into the corner. Instead, it is the story that every other story finds its meaning in. Because he is the word. But there's a great shock in the next few words of John's account. See, the second thing to see is this. The word, remember the creator of all, who is with God and is God, what does it say? Became flesh and dwelt among us. You see, this is the breathtaking wonder of Christmas. This is the moment that should leave us in awe and drop our jaws to the floor. The Bible claims that Christmas, at Christmas, the Word took on flesh and dwelt among us. The mighty became weak and tender. The Word became as mute as a baby. The sovereign was found without splendor. The source of life was wrapped up in this new life. Just imagine the nativity scene again for a moment. It's not just a cozy depiction of a baby in a manger. It is the scene where the creator of the cosmos steps down into human history. The grandeur of the creator is encapsulated in the fragility of a tiny little baby. See, this isn't just a charming tale. It turns on its head the big story of the universe. See, if there's ever been a lingering sense in your mind that God is distant, uh, if your picture of the nativity is like a distant, faceless representation, if it feels like it's something of a bygone era, well, John challenges us to reconsider. Rather than being a distant, faceless concept, this is a close, intimate reality. It disrupts any notion of a distant deity because God has come close. See, perhaps you feel that God is a far-off presence, a distant figure in the vastness of our universe. Do you see, John is saying the complete opposite. This is radical. Christmas declares that God is not distant at all. In fact, God chose to immerse himself in our human experience. Jesus became one of us. Jesus came to be with us. One of the great joys of the uh, line of work that I'm in is I get to hear stories from different people. And I was told a little while ago a story of a little girl. I'll leave her nameless for any embarrassment. But this little girl had lost Jesus in the family nativity scene. Now, the extended family were coming over. I mean, the stress is already high. And this set had belonged to the grandmother, the grandmother who'd recently passed away. So this, this, uh, this nativity scene, it had history to it. It had pedigree to it. But shock horror, this little girl had lost the baby in the manger from the scene. You can cue the panic. Uh, try as they may, the parents, they could not find the baby in the manger. After hours of hunting around the living room, flipping the sofa cushions, sticking their hands into the gaps of the furniture, you know the ones uh, that always fill up with the fluff and the tat and the, the food. How does the food get in there? No one knows. But the parents, finally, they finally asked the little girl, have you seen baby Jesus? 
And with complete innocence that only a little girl can have, she pointed. He's right there. He's with the shepherds. I heard in Sunday Club that he's the good shepherd, so he's there with them. And there he was, right there amidst the shepherds. You see, the story it highlights, doesn't it? The classic case of a parent not seeing something right under their nose. I'm sure we can all relate to that. But more than that, it underscores the essence, doesn't it? Of Jesus coming to be with his people. See, unlike a nativity scene with faceless figures, Jesus is not distant. No, far from it. The claim of the Bible is that God dwelt among us. Jesus lived life as one of us. He walked our paths. He shared our joys. And he shared our sorrows. The Christmas season can be a time of loneliness, of isolation. And that's a reality even during a season that often emphasizes togetherness. But in this narrative that John presents, there is a resounding declaration God's presence isn't limited to just those who are jubilant and joyful. God's presence is for everyone. Jesus came to dwell among those who feel alone. And he offers a real sense of companionship, of love. This is the heart of Christmas. The revelation that God is with us. Not just in celebration, but in the entirety of our lives. See, this is more than just a, a nice story to think about. This is more than a story just for the kids. Now, this is a story that is grounded in reality. A story that challenges everything. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, you might be skeptical at this point, and that would be perfectly understandable. Now, you might be thinking, this sounds too good to be true. Or perhaps you don't have a nativity scene in your home because it's simply not part of your Christmas. I mean, it's just too unbelievable. Well, John thinks you might think that. He wants you to know this isn't a made-up story. The final thing we're going to see this evening is this. There are witnesses. There are witnesses to this incredible event. How does our verse finish? John says, we have seen him. Throughout John's gospel, he presents stories of real people who encountered Jesus, who spoke with Jesus, who questioned Jesus. They provide compelling testimony to the reality of this extraordinary event. And that includes John himself. He has written down all these things for the express purpose of you reading them. If you haven't read a gospel before, well, please do take one away. We have a whole pile of them there with Jeremy. Have a look for yourself. There are no strings attached. They are totally free. In fact, if you'd like to read one with someone from church, do let us know. We'll even buy you a drink as we do so. But, but, the remarkable thing is that each and every one of those witnesses says the same thing. Each and every one of these witnesses says that this baby grew up and did live among them. That this baby is the one that John claims him to be. That this baby is the word made flesh. That this baby is the glory of the one and only son. That this baby is the one full of grace and truth. I mean, that's really remarkable, isn't it? You only have to spend a little while with someone to see something of their true nature. 
Yet these witnesses, they spent years with Jesus, and they still held to this afterwards. I mean, it only takes a few moments with me to see that I don't live up to this description, full of grace and truth. But these witnesses, they claim that Jesus did. And more than that, these witnesses claim that Jesus died and rose again. They claim that this very Jesus had died for their sin, had died for their rejection of God, of putting themselves in God's place and ignoring him, of taking the gift and ignoring the giver. But even more drastic than that, these witnesses claimed that Jesus came back to life again three days later. That Jesus rose again, proving that everything he said was true. I mean, that's meant to be shocking. That's meant to be unusual. That's meant to be investigated. And get this. Some of those witnesses even went to their own death for that story. They believed that it was so real, what they had seen and heard, that they died for it. That is how real the Christmas story is. You see, John doesn't want you to think that this is made up. John wants you to know for certain that we have seen him. So what do you think then of the nativity? And what do you make of the Christmas story that this little scene here represents? Is it something small, in a corner, unnoticed amongst the lights and the tinsel? Well, John wants us to see that instead the story is universe-shattering, groundbreaking. It changes the way we see everything. The creator of all things has stepped down to save his people. Is it a faceless, distant representation, something from the past? Well, John wants us to see that instead God has come near. He has come close to live among us, to share our joy and our sorrow, to live, to die, to die, to rise. Is it believable? Yes, says John. Yes, there are witnesses, people who were there, people who could be trusted, more evidence than you might originally have thought. So, so, if what I'm saying this evening is true, well, it has the power to change everything, doesn't it? It's worth delving into further. It is worth taking the time to explore. This baby in the manger is not just a baby, but the creator of all things. He is the Word. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us in breathtaking wonder. And there's compelling testimony of real witnesses to the reality of this incredible event. So the next time you see a nativity scene, let it be a reminder that in the midst of the ordinary, the extraordinary happened. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. If these words in any way have resonated with you tonight, if they spark curiosity with you or desire to explore further, well, I invite you, I challenge you in the new year, Explore some more. Look into it some more. Take a gospel and read it for yourself, completely free, no strings attached. We are here. You know where we are. So you can explore and discuss at any point. There's no pressure at all.
Or you could join us for a course uh, where we're going to delve further into the richness of this story. It starts on the 11th of January, spread over five evenings. You can sign up tonight by coming to speak to me or to Sam, or you can visit our church website, send us an email. All the details are, in fact, on the piece of paper you're holding. And you would be very welcome to join us week on week here at Christchurch Hemel. We meet right here in this dining hall each Sunday, and we see more of what God has said. I do want to thank you for listening this evening. Thank you so much for being here. I'm going to pray as we finish, and then we're going to sing our final carol. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the great news of Christmas, that the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Father, I pray that each and every one of us here would continue to think over these amazing words and to dwell on the great news that Christmas brings. We thank you for the Lord Jesus. Amen.